0: Hey new life family, welcome to the weekly podcast. We want to take a moment to say thank you so much for listening. We hope this message encourages you and helps you in some way today move forward in your relationship with Christ and others. We pray God blesses you wherever you are today. Now enjoy the message. How many does anyone know how many places he bled from? Anybody know? Anybody guess? 7. That's right. His blood is still saving, cleansing, protecting, giving life, and overcoming. Seven represents perfection. Jesus was the perfect lamb that that was slain for us so that we can be made whole. It's his perfect nature and spotless sacrifice that God sees when he looks at us. He sees the blood on us. Thank God. Because if he had to deal with our flesh, <laughs> that veil would still be there, right? If Jesus hadn't done what he did. So we're going to just cover the places that he bled from. Uh, the first place, drops of blood. Luke twenty-two forty-four. 44. This speaks of Jesus in the garden. Coming out, he went into the Mount of Olives and he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer, he had come to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So this begins the atonement, the substitutionary sacrifice to win back our authority that was lost in the garden of Eden. As the first Adam, who also represents mankind, gave up his authority to rule over the earth as God's representative or agent, his only begotten son, the second Adam, begins to take back that authority. The shedding of Christ's blood, the only one with redemption flowing through his veins could pour it out for us. Redeemed means that we are ransomed. We are brought back to the original condition or place. We can take on mindsets, and I've been there, that can convince us otherwise. Jesus was in agony, and that Greek word there is agonia. It's in anticipation, bearing our sins in his own body on the tree, and therefore he prayed more earnestly. 1 Peter 2.24 says he himself bore, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. That healing there is not only physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's eternal. That healing covers everything. R- That phrase, like great drops of blood, while the word like here may indicate that this is to be understood metaphorically, there are documented accounts of people that actually have sweat blood. It's a condition called hematidrosis, where extreme anguish or physical pain causes one's capillary blood vessels to dilate and burst, mixing their sweat and blood. Whether this applied to Jesus physically or metaphorically, Dr. Luke here was highlighting the intensity of Jesus's emotional and physical trauma. Jesus gave his life willingly. He. he was fathering the, He was following the Father's will, but following God's will is not always easy. We're going to have to wrestle with our flesh in the prayer closet, in the garden, and be pressed like oil, like in the olive garden where he, you know, he was pouring himself out and he was being pressed like an olive to get that oil out you know we've been there circumstances in life can press us God can allow things he doesn't create those situations but God will he'll, he will allow us to go through some difficult hard times to press what's bad out of us and to, to save what's good to save the oil So nothing should be wasted. We shouldn't consider. And God was just really dealing with me on this. He's like, you complain and you whine and you moan. And I'm just trying to get you from here to here. I'm trying to get more oil out. So we should always look at it that way. We don't always see it that way. So God's will is not always easy to walk out. We may even have to wrestle with our flesh and prevail over over it to see it through. It may even require some sacrifice on our part. Our Savior is our example. No matter how hard it may be in the moment, our commitment to the Father must be the same, yet not as I will, but your will be done. The second place, the whipping post. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner who they wished and at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, or Jesus, who is called Christ. For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife said to him, saying, Have nothing to do with this ju- that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to him, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They said, excuse me, I'm sorry. They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Can you imagine that? His blood be on us and our children. And we're going to reject him. And we're going to reject him to the degree that we're even willing to take his blood on us for what we're doing to him. But have we not done the same? Have we not have we not taken advantage of the sacrifice that he's made for us at times? Or totally disregarded it? Like it didn't... It, we sometimes forget the value of what he did and the blood that he shed. That is the most valuable thing ever. That no jewel, no gem can ever compare to that one drop of that blood and what that one drop of that blood can do. His wife's warning dream further emphasized Jesus' innocence, but Pilate chose to disregard his own conscience and like us sometimes. Pilate chose to disregard his own conscience and allow Jesus to be crucified by the Jews. He thinks he can wash away his own guilt and none of us can do that. We can't drink it away, sex it away, drug it away, eat it away, or relationship it away. Only the righteous blood of Jesus can cleanse us from the inside out. Something that stood out to me as I was reading the scriptures too was Barabbas represents us all in our lost, wretched state. Pilate represents those who recognize something real about Jesus, but we're going to keep him at arm's length. There's something real about him. There's something just about him, but I'm going to keep him over here. I'm just going to wash my hands and be done with it. He should have been chasing after Jesus, especially after his wife told him about the dream. He should have been bowing at Jesus' feet in that moment. But do we not do the same? God shows up and he's in we don't have a service here where God's presence is not present. If you're if you don't feel his presence, something's wrong. But there's been times I felt his presence, but I was so tired. I got very little sleep the night before because I was woke up in the middle of the night for from a dream, a vision, or just for whatever reason couldn't sleep. And I come in here and I've had two hours sleep all night long I'm so tired and I'm dragging and it takes me a while to enter in. But I'm thinking, what if I just push in the minute I walk in that door? Man, could my breakthrough come through faster? Can he just revive me and give me that strength? and that? Because he's, he's concerned about our physical as well as our spiritual. So when we're tired, he cares. He cares about every detail. So I didn't mean to go off on that, but just sharing, being real, like I usually do when I'm up here. I'm very transparent. I I know that makes some people uncomfortable, but it is what it is. So, All right, so Pilate chose to disregard his own conscience. Both, Pilate, Barabbas, they both need him. They're not acknowledging it, but they both need him, and we all need him. And without personal relationship with the one who shed his blood for us, we're just surviving until the next chapter of our eternity begins. That's all we're doing. We're not making a difference. We're not growing, we're not maturing. We're not making a difference. We're just breathing air. We're taking in air, and we're not making a difference for the kingdom. We're just surviving. The next place he bled for us was Appear uh, the crown of thorns, then the uh, Matthew 27, 27 through 31, then the sh- soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head and when they had mocked him they took the robe off put his clothes on him and led him away to be crucified Jesus took on the curse of poverty as the thorns pierced his head in Genesis three seventeen, God said to Adam because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you you shall not eat of Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, you shall re- till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. By placing the crown of thorns on the head of Jesus, that which the enemy hoped to bring humiliation instead became a blessing. When we're humiliated or someone, the enemy tries to humiliate us, whether that's just his own voice whispering in our ear or he uses other people to do it, it can still be a blessing because what are we doing? We're suffering the same as our suffering servant did. The one who laid down his life and bled out for us and we we whine or i whine we whine and we cry about the little things and we can't even begin to imagine the torture that he went through for us a perfect spotless lamb and he went through that for us for my sin for your sin for your sickness for your anxiety for your depression for your addiction as Jesus became a curse for the land and for us, the curse of poverty on all was broken. So the, the curse has been broken. We don't always realize it and we don't always know how to use the truth of the blood and what he did and the crown of thorns and what that represents. We don't always think to use that when we're going through something. We're we're so concerned on the curse that we're not breaking the curse. We're not receiving what he gave us already for the curse. This is confirmed in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, where Paul says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might be rich. Rich here refers to salvation and all the benefits that flow from that. The next place he bled was his hands spikes were driven into his hands wrists genesis 39 3 his master saw that the lord was with him and that the lord caused all he did to succeed in his hands this means that we are also the recipients of this blessing for with our hands we have the power of jesus to bless heal help And take authority of all things in the name of Jesus. And he bled from his feet. They drove spikes through his feet into the cross. (sighs) With our feet we can take dominion over every place the sole of our feet touches. According to Deuteronomy 1134, and with our feet we can obey the great commission where Jesus said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. From his side, a soldier drove a spear into his side to make certain he was dead. John 19.34 said, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. By this time, Jesus was dead. He had given up his spirit and laid down his life to redeem us, being made a curse that hung on a tree. Can you imagine, can you imagine the physical pain and agony he experienced up to and including his last moment? He'd been beaten so bad that his mother, the scripture said his mother couldn't even recognize him. And he did that for you and me. When When we become numb to that, there's something wrong. Let's not forget that he suffered tremendously from the weight of our sins, followed by a time of separation from the Father because of those sins. The one who would have been the most intimate, he would have been in the most intimate relationship with from the beginning until this very moment. He was mocked, beaten, bruised, spat on, his beard was pulled out, etc. Number seven, his bruises. Jesus suffered extensive bruising, which is bleeding on the inside. That's what bruising is, you're bleeding on the inside. Isaiah 53 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. Sometimes our wounds are internal and are spiritual or emotional, And not everyone can see them, but God does, and he cares. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In that we have healing, not just for the body, but also for those internal and hidden wounds too. Pastor Meek and I did not exchange notes. I had no, all I knew was the title of her message. I had no idea what was in her notes. She didn't have any idea what was in my notes. You can see even with Deontay and Tommy's messages, I didn't have any of their notes and how God is just kind of weaving it all together. I'm going to close with this verse. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me. This is Jesus the suffering servant, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Praise God. Thank you for your patience getting through that. As This message just wrecked me again. <laughs> So, Father, we thank you. Uh, Lacey, can you make your way? Can we have everyone come forward just for a minute? We'll all come together so we're not, nobody's being singled out. We're just going to stand up here and pray together. Or just pray between you and the Lord But we'll stand together. Another thought, um, because we've been talking about forgiveness. The Bible makes it clear that in the end times, it's the people that are harboring unforgiveness and bitterness of other people that will be the first to be deceived in these end times. If you're harboring bitterness and unforgiveness in the end times that we're living in now, you will be the first to be deceived. So if you're dealing with that, just ask the Lord to help you. Pastor Deontay shared his experience. And, so, you know, we're like onions. God sometimes has to peel us back layer by layer, layer by layer, until he gets to the core. So this is a moment where we are all individually thanking God for what he did and what he went through for us. And that we always be tender to that. Because there ain't one person here that hasn't sinned and needed God's forgiveness and grace and mercy. There's not a person in here under the sound of my voice that has not needed it. And I'm, as Paul said, I'm a wretch. I'm the wretch, (laughs) you know, I'm the wretch that the song is talking about, right? So, Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for every person that spoke today. God, we thank you for the message and the thread of your spirit through every message, even tie-in, even though the messages were different, they all tied together God, I just thank you for these people that are here today. God, I just pray that you will speak to them right where they are, whatever it is they need. They need your forgiveness and they need to forgive someone. They need your grace. They need to know that you're merciful. (laughs) They need to feel your sacrifice again. They need to know what it is to follow your will. Because there's nothing great without sacrifice. God, I ask you right now to bless each and every person under the sound of my voice. Put your finger on anything in us, God, that should not be there. Strengthen your people. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy, God. You are so worthy.